Hello, this is Robbie Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Today's movie is The Matrix Reloaded, and it is the sequel to the 1999 smash hit sci-fi action film, The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves, uh, Carrie Ann Moss, and Lawrence Fishburne, again, in this movie, as well as Hugo Weaving, returning as Smith, although he's not Agent Smith in this movie, and we'll go into that later but um this movie takes place it was filmed or i don't know if it was filmed four years later but it uh, was released four years after the original movie in 2003 and it was uh i guess the film takes place like what i think they said six months uh after the events of the first movie so um if you remember at the end of the first movie um neo played by ken reeves defeats these agents and he basically learns how to bend the rules of the Matrix, which is, again, refresher if you don't remember or if you never saw it. A, a, the Matrix is a fictional world. It's a virtual world that has been designed to keep humanity enslaved. So this world that we're living in now, it's supposedly, it's a virtual world. And we're all actually uh, like sleeping in these, um, I don't know, we're just all asleep, hooked up to these, um, this big machine or whatever that the machines use us as battery power basically but um anyway so neo has um kind of embraced his powers or found out that he can bend these rules in the matrix because you know it's not real so at the end of that movie he basically threatens the machines by saying i'm going to show humanity that this is this is not reality that there there we are we can bend these rules and we will rise up basically um and so in this movie they have freed more people you know from the matrix um and they're living in zion which is this underground basically the the last uh humans are all live in in zion and uh the machines have found zion and they're digging so they're they're starting to dig and to destroy it, you know, the humans that are down there. Um, and so uh, the whole movie is about this prophecy, this because the prophecy is that the one, Neo, is supposed to bring peace and, like, destroy the machines and blah, 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 um, you know, rest, uh, save humanity. But um, that's what this movie is about. And also the fact that Smith... Um, the agent that he defeated in the first movie is now like replicating himself, basically like a virus spreading <laughs> in the Matrix. Um, but anyway, we'll get into more details on that. Sam, what did you think of the Matrix Reloaded? So I continue to love this story with this sequel, um, but the movie itself wasn't as good as the first one. Um, I didn't hate it; it just wasn't as good as the first one. And you could tell this this movie was. I feel like purely made for the fans um, because there was a, a lot of slow motion, first of all, like too much slow motion in this movie. Um, I feel like it took up too much time. And there was a lot of just like unnecessary scenes, like the whole sex, there's a sex scene that goes on for way too long <laughs> and it's like slow-mo, right? And it's intertwined <laughs> with this whole um Rave. like raver going on <laughs> but, and why like that all they were showing was just all these bodies like jumping up and down in slow motion like all sweaty and stuff 
um, and why. Like, they just received some bad news, but yet they're just, like, partying and stuff. But it was all slow-mo the entire time. And it just things like that, I feel like, were unnecessary. Um, and there was a lot of them. Um, but I, I continued to love what Lawrence Fishburne does and Carrie Ann, um, what they contribute to this movie. I love what they're given all, with their fight scenes um, and their outfits and their characters. I wish Carrie Ann and Lawrence Fishburne could get more fight scenes, but this was obviously just so like hugely based on Keanu and, and being him being the one and, and showing how badass and strong he is. Um, but I, I love what they gave all three characters and what they did with it. Of course, Keanu is like awesome. I just love Keanu Reeves and his character is awesome. He plays it very well. Um, but the story itself, I, I continue to love. And um, it just, again, makes me think about my favorite book, Player Piano. And because Keanu Reeves is talking to the council. Yeah, he's one of the councilmen. Yeah, councilmen. And, um, like, one night they can't either – neither of them can sleep, right? So they're both kind of wandering around. Everyone's asleep, apparently. And so uh, the councilman's like, all right, Neo, um, have you ever been down to, like, the equipment room or something like Engineering that? Engineering department, I think. Engine room. And he was like, no. He's like, let's go check it out. So he takes them there. And it's just machines. It's just where all the machines are filtering their water, running their electricity. They're just running, right? And so – He's telling, basically telling Neo, he's asking him a question. What is control? What do, you, what do you think control is? And Neo tells him, well, we have control over these machines because we can just turn them off whenever we want. And so the councilman's like, right, we can do that. But then pretty much we would die without them, right? Because these machines are filtering our water, filtering our air, um, giving us electricity, how long do you think we would last without these machines being turned on? And Neo's like, you know, okay, like, whoa, mind blown or whatever, right? <laughs> he didn't say that, but he's just making him think from a different perspective. Like, um, like who really has control? And it's more of like an equilibrium thing. Um, and I think that's what he was trying to point out to Neo. And um, just the fact that we both... We rely, machines rely on us to keep them running and, you know, giving them energy, whatever, whether it's our body heat giving them energy or if it's us repairing machines, giving, giving the machines oil or, um, you know, some kind of source of energy, battery, whatever. Um, and then we also need them to provide for us, right? It takes out a lot of the labor and time and just basic needs and so I really liked that scene I really appreciated that scene and that conversation um but yeah it's just it continues to ask that question like machines will always be here as long as humanity is alive because it's just that cycle that equilibrium that we're always going to have a need for that um and then I do like so I like that you pointed out to me some of the characters, I guess, that came from the animated movie or something. There was a video game called Enter the oh, Matrix that was released almost exactly the same time. Um, what's funny is that, you know, most video games are meant to be just like supplemental, you know, like, oh, this game is based on the movie. But this was actually meant to be played, I guess, like before you saw the movie or while you were watching, you know, after watching the movie, whatever. Because it actually added to that story, which is weird. Like, 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like not everyone's going to play that game, obviously, but like part of the story was in that game. It's almost like the, you know, how um, Marvel has these Dis- Disney Plus shows where you basically have to watch these shows. Yeah. In order. Same thing. I was like, well, you have to kind of play this game to get more of the details of this of this movie. Yeah. So I'm glad you pointed out some of the characters and what they actually were, because I never would have known. And there's a line there's. There's a line that one of the characters said, oh, the Oracle, she says that when people um, see, I forgot what they're called. I don't, I don't know if they're called anomalies or, or, yeah, or something anomalies. or like programs that were supposed to be gone, but didn't leave or something. They were basically but, supposed to be deleted, but they weren't. Yeah. So when humans problems. see these anomalies or whatever, that we f- interpret them as either ghosts or they say vampires. if you've ever heard when you hear about vampires and um werewolves werewolves and different things, things aliens like I think yeah aliens like that's what they are and um and then there's another line that a character says and she's like uh how many people you know keep silver bullets in their gun and so it kind of all clicked and then when you explained that i was like oh i never would have understood mm. if you didn't explain that to me um, I don't want to give it away here, but I mean, I don't think anyone will know or pick up on that. Um, do some research, I guess, if you really care <laughs> about those. Um, I think, and also you'll see those two guys, like the twins or whatever. Yeah. The, the twins that are dressed in white and they have like dreadlocks or something. Uh, yeah. Weird. They kind of phase. That's the best way I can, um, describe it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that ant-man 2 movie that yeah yeah girl, that, that, that i forgot her name in yeah. and out ghost I think that's what these yeah. yeah that's what these guys kind of do they phase funny. in and out of matter i guess and so it's really hard to kill them but um to me i feel like they were ghosts or something yeah because even like when you pointed that out because i didn't even pick up on that i was like yeah that makes sense because even when they be when they phase their faces get all ugly and they look like like ghosts, like, ghosts, like right. scary ghosts. Scary ghosts, yeah. Um, so I, I like, and I'm into all that kind of. I, you know, I'm totally into ghosts, aliens, yeah. like those scary tales or whatever. So knowing that, like, really made me enjoy the movie a little more this time. And I was like, oh, okay, like that's cool. Like to me, that's cool. I like that stuff. Um, yeah, it's like they thought of. Like the last movie, they thought of like deja vu. Oh, that's how we explain yeah. deja vu. And this one, I feel like, oh, how do we explain like aliens and all these supernatural things? Well, that's they said. Okay, it's programs like uh, basically misbehaving, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, that was a cool part of the movie that I liked. Um, when it got to the architect part, I was having a hard time understanding <laughs> what he was trying to explain. Yeah. So I got kind of frustrated. Because what I really appreciated about the first Matrix was that they not dumbed it down, but they made it very easy Mm -hmm. for an everyday average person to understand what they were trying to explain. Here, they used bigger words and he spoke just, I don't want to say he spoke fast because he didn't, but it was harder for me to try to understand what he was saying, like what he was trying to explain. Um, I still don't really understand what he was trying to explain but what no i was gonna say that that definitely is a big was a big complaint was the architect and the way he was kind of uh pretentious like ta- using yeah. all these big words like concord it's f- 
concordantly ergo vis-a-vis and it's funny because we we watched that uh mtv spoof of it where will ferrell played that role and it was exactly that he was just making fun of the fact that he's just using all these big words and he just says them all in a row concordantly he's a b ergo and it's just like yeah we get it it was it was like overwritten it was just like you could have made it simpler yeah for the normal human beings to understand yeah because i missed the point i missed the point of that conversation yeah and i think it was basically trying to say like this 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 is the uh, a repeat like we've done this so many times already this is like the Mm -hmm. fifth time we've done that's really all it was about and it was about how it was basically the that architect being real smug and being like well you know i know you think you have a choice but you really don't like this is another system of control we give you the illusion of choice Mm -hmm. but really there is no choice you have to go through this door to basically save humanity because if you don't you're all gonna die Mm -hmm. so yeah that was the other big question of this movie too um it wasn't what choice are you gonna make you've already made that choice you're going through this to try to understand why you made that choice which was kind of confusing to me. I don't know. I was like, okay, that's the big question of this movie. That's fine. But, um, well, and then he, he makes a choice that wasn't expected. And I think that's part of what throws everything off uh-huh. because again, the architect was expecting like, all right, go through that door. Like we know you're going to <laughs> little bitch boy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then he doesn't, he goes to the other door and he's like, okay, you know, good luck because you know, Everyone else that's done this before you has always gone through that door, and now you're choosing this other door, which mm-hmm. is which is gonna suppose threatening them basically. Okay, well, if that's how you that way you want it, you're just gonna destroy all your you know humanity or whatever. So it is about it definitely was about choice, and if choice, you know, do you actually have a choice? Asking those questions about fate versus like, and again, that argument comes up where Neo's like, well, I don't like the belief in fate because mm-hmm. then that means I don't have a choice in what I do. It's, it's all been written. Yeah. But that's why she brings that up. Like, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that you've already made this choice. Now you have to understand why you made that choice. Like you said. Yeah. And you know, I do like that point that the architect brought up now, actually that I think about it. It's like, you have the illusion of freedom because you're, you think you are given that freedom to make a choice. But then I think about it like, yeah, that, that is fake. If someone's giving you, okay, you can choose from A and B, then you think, okay, yeah, I get to do this, right? It's like, well, no, like, what about C, D, E, F, or whatever, right. that I can do all these things. You're only, you're giving me a limited option. You're still controlling me options. in that way. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's true. Like, it's, you know, as humans, we need to think outside the box. and Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why why are we letting someone else set limitations on how we choose? Right. Um, and then I guess the, after you explain that, him choosing the door that nobody expected, it's then it's kind of like, well, um, the one thing that's always that always sets humans apart from machines is love. We have the capability. Yeah, we have the capacity for love and. It's something that can never be explained, you know. It's just something that we do, like only humans can do, or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I really, I still love this story. I love their whole theory behind all this stuff, and 
Uh, as I work for a company, I wouldn't call it a tech company now, but we are trying to be like a tech company. Um, and I'm kind of new to all this like tech terminology and stuff. I was, I was um, sorry, the <laughs> Google Home went off. Very... No, I think it was the speaker in that. Oh, okay, the speaker scared me. Um, but yeah, like seeing all this like computer jargon in the movie, I'm like, oh my God, it just makes me think of work, but it also makes <laughs> me think like, oh, okay, like they were thinking about like all this stuff was pretty accurate even back then. Like, like I said, to me, I was computers wasn't a thing in my right. life back in 1999. Like, yeah, I didn't know much about you just it. assumed all, everything you're seeing is accurate. You're just like, I don't know what all this means, you know, root, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, it. oh, crap, like at work we were talking about that. Does this need root access and all that stuff? I don't know what that means, but now I can kind of put it together yeah. after I saw what in nodes and all that stuff. And even a, a system architect, like I never realized for like applications and websites and different things like that, like you need a system architect that can plan out how everything's going to be ran. And like it's it's just crazy. So even to see the architect in this movie, yeah. I was like, that's a real thing. This well, isn't something they made up just to like call them something. Yeah, it yeah. was. It's a real thing that computer systems require, you know, and mm -hmm. or apps in different programs, computer programs, they require an architect to document and plan these things out. So I thought I, I just enjoyed that a little more knowing a little bit more about technology. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure that's why computer nerds like love these movies because yeah. there were so many things that they, that are known in like computer world that they made them like literal, almost like the whole, Oh, these are back doors, you know, like uh -huh. when they, I'm like, I'm sure, I know true. that's a thing that, that, you know, there's, there's back doors to like different, um, access points basically. So again, something I didn't think of when I was watching this for the, you know, 18 years ago or whatever, I was just thinking, Oh, these are literal back doors to this world. But no, that's yeah. a, that's a computer thing. That's a programming thing, you know? <laughs> so it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah, fight scenes are cool too. There was way more fight scenes in this movie, um, but of course they were catering to the fans at sure. this point. But they were great fight scenes. They were fun. Um, let's see what else. I do like um, Jada Pinkett Smith in this movie, and and uh, there was a point where the council was like, "Okay, we're gonna need two volunteers to do this," and so one captain volunteers and. So they're like, okay, well, you know, is there another volunteer? And this guy is like, no, no man's gonna volunteer for this. He knows better and all this stuff or, you know, cause he doesn't want these volunteers to go out there and do whatever they're asking them to yeah, do. Yeah, he's the commander. So he's, he's been arguing with the council. Like no one should be risking their lives for this stupid prophecy that we don't believe in or whatever. So. Yeah. And his lines are specifically like, no man will do this or he shouldn't do this or whatever. And, you know, we have a female captain speak up and um, and not only a female, but she's black, too. And yeah. so she's like, yeah, I'll take care of that. Like she mm -hmm. volunteers. And it's like I just I love that those subtle things that they they put in the movie. It's, I just love that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Or I'm glad that you noticed that yesterday because I never noticed that before. Really? His, his language that he's saying, you know, it's hard for any man to risk his life for blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'll do it. And I was watching it. I. You know, back in 2003, I didn't pick up on the fact, or even the many times I've rewatched it, I didn't pick up on the fact that he's specifically saying no man or, you mm -hmm. know, 
it's hard for him to do this. So, of course, the woman stands up and says, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) I knew it. As he was saying that, like, I hear, I just hear that, you know, I, for some reason, that, those type of, that type of language sticks out to me. And so as soon as I heard him say, like, oh, no, man, I was like, "Mm, Jada got this. That's the whole reason they made Jada a captain, right? So she can prove all these guys wrong. So I like that they put that in there. Yeah. Um. And it was also a woman that that helps get Neo and Trinity and uh, Morpheus to the Keymaker and all this stuff. And so oh, yeah. I like I like that they put those those characters in this movie. Um, so overall, I I did enjoy this movie. I did really like it. I don't want to say I loved it. I loved the story. I really yeah. enjoyed this movie. Um, the first one was still better, but. It's it's still a great movie, and um, I like it. I would recommend it, especially if you enjoyed the first one. And then, of course, people have made have people made like the comparison to Avatar, this movie to Avatar. I don't think so. Never with the whole plugging in and going into another world type of thing. No, because isn't that what Avatar is like too? Yeah, it's funny because Avatar gets compared more to like Pocahontas and uh, Fern Gully. What's I think Gully? there was an animated film that had to do with like uh, the rainforest and stuff. So it, it again, oh. it ties into that where it's like, uh, you know, everyone's leaving peacefully and here come these big, you know, the bulldozers and everything. They're trying to clear this rainforest out to like, you know, build stuff here or whatever. Oh. So it gets compared to that, but mostly it gets compared to Pocahontas because the storyline is very similar. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. The whole av—they're literally avatars when they go into yeah. the uh, the Matrix, you know. So yeah, that's what I thought of watching this movie. So that's funny. No, I th- but I feel like Avatar is did borrow heavily from a lot of these yeah. like dystopian movies. <laughs> yep, yeah, but that was it. What did you think? Um, well, when I first saw it in two thousand three, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing. This was so awesome i was just like the character link every time he'd be like yes i'd be like yeah everyone in the audience was so excited <laughs> um re-watching it years later you know re-watching it over and over again throughout the years it has my my love for it has kind of meh, kind of tampered down to like like it mm-hmm. I, I really like it because there are a lot of corny things in this movie um that i feel like weren't there in the first one going and again i think a lot of them are those link scenes where he's like yes yeah or like oh my god i don't believe it like he's supposed to be like the audience like we're supposed <laughs> to be going yeah exactly but i feel like it was just unnecessary it was just kind of like i guess there for comedic value but it really wasn't that funny um there's also some of the lines are pretty cheesy like i forgot what he says he's uh, smith says something and then morpheus is like would that include a bullet from this gun everything's just like really <laughs> just kind of like I don't know, just kind of these cheesy, like, action lines that I feel like, again, weren't very present in the first movie. Um, Or, like, when she's like, touch me, and that hand will never touch anything again. I don't know, I just (laughs) feel like some of those were just really corny, corny one-liners and stuff. Yeah. But, like you said, there are certain points where I'm like, oh, my God, this is just going in circles. I feel like they could have used an editor like to edit this down a little bit because mm-hmm. there is some stuff that I'm like, this wasn't necessary for this movie. That scene, 
like you pointed out, the sex scene, that got made fun of a lot with the, the rave. You know, doo, 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 everyone's <laughs> dancing in slow motion. It's like a five-minute scene. feels like an eternity. Yeah. And I get what they were trying to do. Like, they're trying to say, you know, we might all die tomorrow, so let's let's enjoy humanity. Let's enjoy being alive and being together as humans. And that's what it was supposed to represent, I feel like. Just, like, humanity enjoying each yeah. other. Yeah, exactly. I guess because it's not, it wasn't very well conveyed. Um, and then the sex scene, there was really no reason for it because it's not even, I mean, it's set to the, the beat of that song. So it's just like, what is going on here? Like, is this supposed to symbolize something? I guess, again, humans doing human things together. Um, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that was an extremely long scene. There's some other parts where oh the part where the the Merovingian is talking about causality cause and effect and blah blah and it's a it's an interesting thought to talk about cause and effect but then he just keeps talking and you're just like dude shut the hell up or he just goes on and 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 he has this thing with this cake and this woman has an orgasm and you're like what does this have to do I feel like some of these were like weird little kinks that the directors just wanted to put in there um, the writer directors. But it was just it, it just went on too long sometimes. The thing with the the architect, like you said, it was just unnecessarily convoluted. I'm like, can you? Because especially when you're putting it at the end of the movie, because everyone's like, oh my god, what's what? This is yeah. the climax of the movie, and then we're sitting here in this room with all these screens behind Neo, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, and his his talking is not helping anything because he's. He just uses these big words. He doesn't really explain anything. But as far as I know from the multiple times I've watched it, he's just explaining that you're not the first one to try and like stop us. Like this is you're the sixth version of this um of this of the one. You know, and again, we created the we actually created the idea of the one. So that's that's what this big revelation in this movie is is and I'm sorry if I'm giving this away because it's at the end of the movie but uh, he's basically telling Neo like oh this prophecy thing that's we totally invented that like that's part of that's part of this whole program because we need this you're an anomaly you're this weird thing that we can't fix because we couldn't balance this equation um, and he kind of tries to explain like it's all part of this. The problem with the program is that we couldn't make this a perfect world, so we had to give you this illusion of choice, of free will. Um, and that was the other person. I'm gonna, I guess I won't give that away, who, whose idea that was. Um, but because we do that, it creates this this prophecy, this anomaly that's going to come through and try to stop us. So we, 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 we knew that was going to happen, so we created this problem where you're going to have to choose these two options. We'll give you that choice again, but here's an option. You either go through this door, let all your people die, all humans will die, or you go through this door, you go back to Zion, we destroy your your city and uh we start over like with a new group, a new batch of people basically, and this starts all over again. Um so yeah, it's really convoluted at the end there and you're like and it took me multiple viewings to finally understand what was being said because I was like, wait, what? 
Um, I don't know. Like, I don't... I feel like... And I've never seen the third movie, so I don't know. Oh, you've never seen it? I don't... I don't know. I don't think so. It's not that great. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just gonna guess right now and say that they're lying to him because... And don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. I won't. Because if I am, I don't want to, like, spoil it for people. I'm just saying this is my guess, Okay. I feel like the architect was lying to him because this is the first Neo that's been, quote unquote, woke. You know, like he if there was multiple Neos before him, he was still being used as a battery for the machines. This is the first time he's been unplugged and then goes into the Matrix willingly to try to like fight or do whatever. So I'm thinking, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm, I just feel like the architect was lying to him saying, oh, yeah, we invented you or you're the sixth one to come do this and we're giving you choice to and we know which one you're going to choose already, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's my theory. Mm. That's just my theory. I don't know. All right. I won't, I won't answer yes or no because you okay. told me not to. But um yeah, so I, I what I do like about that scene is that there's all these multiple screens behind him, and each one shows like a different reaction mm-hmm. to everything he's telling Keanu or to everything Neo. he's telling Neo, um, which is interesting because it's to me after watching this multiple times, I feel like it's like a machine trying to guess different responses, like you know, like okay, could we go this way? Could we go this way? Could we go this way? Um, because before I used to think, oh, these are the, the previous Neos. But I'm like, no, there's only been four That's what five. I thought too. Yeah. But I feel like now maybe it's just the machine trying to see the different outcomes. You know, what different outcomes could be. And then, okay, from based on this one, where, where would I go next? You know, that's what machines do, right? They're analyzing constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I mean, it could be either one of those theories. That's the thing about these movies is that there's so many different interpretations, different ways to read things. Um and that's why I think some people didn't like this movie too much because there was more like philosophy involved and it just it kind of starts hurting your brain if you're not paying attention. Um, like you said, the first one was very good at kind of simplifying it for mm-hmm. for us. This one kind of dives more into it. You feel like almost like you're in a philosophy class and you're like, wait, what? But I like that. I like that too. I like it too. I like that they broke up. They basically broke up all the fight scenes with philosophy. So yeah. it's philosophy, 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 fight scene. Philosophy, philosophy, fight scene. So that's what you're getting is just alternating. Uh, you get a little break, but you, you're, you're, your brain gets a break when you're watching the action. And then they put it back into back to work when they're bringing up this other philosophical question. But like you said, those fight scenes are awesome. There's that burly brawl where he fights like a thousand smiths, it feels like. Um, that's the other thing about this movie is what's interesting is that I never really thought about it because Smith is like replicating himself. He basically like infects everything. I never thought about it before, but it's like a computer virus. Like he's spreading, uh, and he's destroying everything. Not only the, the humans, but the machines too. And we'll see more of that in the the next movie where it's like, uh, this is getting out of control. (laughs) We need somebody to kind of fix this. Um, so there's that burly brawl scene. There's the big highway scene, that freeway scene, I should mm-hmm. say. That's a big famous one. Um, and then there's that scene in the Merovingians 
mansion where they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, the only crazy, funny thing about these is that even at the time, in 2003, there's these scenes which didn't happen in the original Matrix. But there's these scenes where Neo is doing such badass things that they had to use computer animation. Now, like I said, even in 2003, especially in that Burly Brawl where he's fighting all of them, you even said it. It's like, oh, now it looks like animation. I was like, yeah. It's pretty obvious that it's animation. Like, you could tell they were trying, they were going for photorealism, but it's clear that it's. It reminds me of that scene in Harry, the first Harry Potter, where the the goblin is it a goblin or troll or something comes into the oh, bathroom. Yeah, it's a troll. It's a troll, and Harry gets on top of the troll, and he's got like his wand stuck stuck up his nose, mm-hmm. and the troll's like waving around, and you, you Harry's like whoa. whoa. And you're watching it, and it just looks. You can tell it's not. It's not. What's his face, Daniel Radcliffe? It's like this animated character on top of his head, and it looks really bad. That's what it reminds me of. Where you're just like, this is clearly animated, especially when he's like spinning around and doing crazy stuff. But the way I, the way I like um, rationalized it back when I was when, in 2003, I was like, but. It is fake. It's the, you're in the matrix, so none of this is real. <laughs> yeah, so that's, true. that's how I kind of explained it away. Like, because some people would po- point that out, and I was like, "Yeah, it looked kind of fake," but I was like, "But it is fake in the movie itself. <laughs> it's not the real world." So um, I don't know if that's what they were going for. I doubt it, but um, that's how I like w- was okay with it. I was like, "Well, it wasn't really real anyway." They're basically in a big video game, so um, that's my only like minor complaint. I guess I like seeing more. Especially with the fight scenes, I like seeing people actually fighting because it's more interesting to me than, oh, okay, you just animated a bunch of people fighting. Like, um, But yeah, I think it's a little overly long. Mm-hmm. Could have used some editing. Um, if you are going to watch it, just know that parts two and three were shot like back to back, kind of like Back to the Future. So it is going to end on a cliffhanger because then like I think – Maybe six months later, they released the sequel that same year. They released part three. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you had to wait. You're like, no. So it ends on a cliffhanger. It even says, like, to be concluded. Um, but, yeah, in this one, there's less usage of, like, um, rock music. In the mu- In the movie itself, there's all these, like, instrumental pieces during the fight scenes and stuff. The only time you hear like a rock song is at the very end. Again, you, you they use Rage Against the Machine to close out the movie, which I think was perfect. Mm-hmm. They use Calm Like a Bomb, um, which was a perfect song for multiple reasons. But uh, And again, it, it goes with that whole theme of like anti-authoritarianism. There's even a, a part where Morpheus is asking, again, like you said, for some of his... Um, fellow captains to like break the rules and kind of like hey i need one of y'all to stay behind and help us out and one of the guys is like you're asking us to disobey a direct order and he's like yes that's exactly what i'm doing he's like but as 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 you know like the reason most of us are here is because we have a problem with following orders or something like that like, <laughs> and i was like yeah exactly that's the whole point of this is like this whole right you have a choice right to disobey basically to be disobedient yep um so again that, that's why i think raging machine was like the perfect 
choice, music choice at the end of this movie. Um, was I going to say anything else about this? No, I guess that's it. So there was one thing I, for, I wanted yeah. to bring up and I couldn't remember, but I remembered. Um, so I don't remember if it was Agent Smith or non-Agent Smith anymore, <laughs> or if Smith. it was the other agents that had, were talking to Neo and explaining to him. Because the whole point, one of the biggest points of the movie is the machines are trying to kill the humans, yeah. right? And so they're getting close and they're explaining something to Neo, basically saying, yeah, we're going to do this to y'all and basically it's going to wipe y'all out. But, you know, um, Neo kind of points out, yeah, but wouldn't that, if y'all don't have humans anymore, then wouldn't the machines die too? Like we're your, mm-hmm. your fuel source. And he says some. the agent says something like, we well we figured out a way to sustain machines on like a limited or something like on a very small basically we figured it out yeah you're right like a lot of a lot of the machines are probably going to have to go but we figured out how to at least keep something of us alive to destroy humanity mm-hmm. um and that just reminded me of Thanos from uh, the oh. Marvel movies, like Rainfire. Oh. Um, you know the the big fight scene, the battle scene where he Thanos is telling his people or his soldiers or whatever, like um, you know, rain fire, like drop bombs or whatever. And they're like, but sir, our soldiers are on that field too, and yeah. so he just screams like, oh, yeah, fire, yeah. like we will sacrifice ourselves in order to win. Right. So that's it, that's what I thought of when I yeah. when the agent said that or whoever said that. I think it was the architect know. actually that said that. He's like, there are levels of... Oh, was it? Yeah. Because he's like, well, if you destroy us, then you'll, you'll be destroyed too. Yeah. He's like, there are levels of something that we're willing to... Like, we're, we're okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay with it. Um, but yeah, so I think that was another point where Neo was now explaining, kind of explaining um, the equal equilibrium to the architect, yeah. right? Like, okay, yeah, just like the council member was telling him, like, yeah, y- you can wipe us out, but then how long do you think you're going to survive as machines without us as your fuel source? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have the sun anymore. So, um, yeah, that's just something that I realized he was kind of pointing back to the machines. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I'm glad you brought up this whole equilibrium thing because – I think as we go into part three, if I would have known, if I would have really focused on that aspect of it when I first saw this movie, I wouldn't have been as disappointed, I think, as I was when I saw the third movie. And you will discuss why when I, when we see that. Okay. But that's a very strong point that, the, you, that they've made a couple times, like you said. It's not so much about one's better than the other. It's more like, how do we fix this balance? Because it's imbalanced right now. We're enslaved by you. You need us, we need you, as as they discussed with the councilmen. Mm-hmm. So how do we fix this? Um, and that's a very important thing and distinction to make, I think, um, in this movie. And I'm glad you I'm glad you picked up on that. Because I obviously didn't when I first saw it. <laughs> I was just like, fuck the machines, man. Yeah, <laughs> rage against them. So um yeah, hold that thought. Hold that that equilibrium thing in your mind because I think that's gonna help and you. They- and they understand first this. pointed that out in the first Matrix, remember, where Agent Smith was um, explaining to Neo, he's like, you know, 
when we're trying to classify humans or we're studying mm-hmm. whatever, he's like, we notice every other species comes to equilibrium with their environment yeah, right. except for humans. You guys just ruin everything <laughs> around you yeah, yeah. and move on. You're right. He did say that. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time they brought that up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just a, a continuing theme throughout yeah. this story mm-hmm. that I – like you said, I guess is important or to yeah, it the will third be one. important uh, in the third one. And yeah, so overall, this movie, like you said, is not as good as the first one. I don't think. I mean, I used to think it was as good or better, um, but it's probably because I waited four years for the movie to come out. And then, <laughs> um, but it's it's not as good. I feel like somebody compared it once to the pre- Star Wars prequels in that it's a good. It could have been a really good story, but it was the execution that was off. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing here. It's a good story, like you said, that they're telling, mm-hmm. but the execution was a little bit off, a um, little too long in places. There's scenes that could have been cut. Um, they really, it was funny because we talked about the whole Jesus thing in the last movie. They really lay it thick on in this one. When he comes home at the very beginning, you know, they come home from being wherever they come home to zion and as the elevators open like neo's greeted by all these people like oh my son jacob is a please watch after him and they're all bringing him gifts and stuff it's like oh yeah he's obviously the messiah here like they see him as their their savior Mm -hmm. so it's just funny how if if you didn't think the Jesus thing was relevant in the first movie. They definitely like lay it on really thick in this one. Like, yeah, he's definitely Jesus. But then, of course, people got upset. Like, oh, Jesus. Oh, really? Jesus had sex with a woman? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I wasn't there. So I know you're, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. But there's some rumors about Mary Magdalene. <laughs> we won't get into that. I don't want to upset anybody. But, um, but yeah. Uh, overall, a pretty good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously... If you're going to watch, I feel like if you're going to, because I could just, again, I could say just watch the first Matrix and you're good. Like you can just watch the first Matrix and you don't have to watch these sequels. Yeah. But I feel like if you're going to watch this new Matrix movie that's coming out, you definitely have to watch these because obviously it's going to be a continuation of these movies. Yeah. So, um, And it's it's entertaining. I mean, there are parts where you you might just like zone out because you're like, I don't understand what they're talking about. If you're not a person that's really into like, philosophy and stuff you're gonna you might it might lose you here and there yeah but it'll grab you again with those action set pieces it's never a boring movie i was gonna say i think action movie people will enjoy this movie like because there was so much action like this was an action heavy movie um and the action scenes were good. So mm-hmm. I think just if you just love action movies, I think you would enjoy this movie. Yeah. And I'll say for that freeway scene alone, that was probably one of the best freeway action sequences I've ever seen. I remember when we reviewed Tenet and I was like, it reminded me of that freeway scene in um, <laughs> in the Matrix Reloaded. So now I know what you're talking that's about. That's a very good scene. It's a long scene. It's yeah, probably it's like long. 10 minutes, but it's it, it's like, it's it's like you know it's it's constantly something's happening like um different stuff is happening um the music's cool the fight there's fights on tanker trailers and you know it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool scene mm-hmm. um 
there's motorcycles being driven the wrong way in the wrong direction against traffic cars flipping over there was some destruction laid on that <laughs> on that freeway that day yeah. um but yeah it's a it's a it's a very good action movie definitely so um the one thing i did notice and I don't know if it was I, – I don't think I ever noticed this before. I don't know why. But the agents are different, the actors. So I don't know if they just – oh, I think it's because he makes a remark at the beginning of the movie. He says, hmm, upgrades. So <laughs> they up, it's funny because, again, there's all these, like, computer nerdy jargon things that happen. Like, he's fighting them with one hand like he did at the end of the first movie. And he's like, do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden he has to use his other hand. He's like, oh, shit. And he's like, hmm, upgrades. Like, they've they've gotten better than last <laughs> time. So they've learned from – my fighting style, I guess, but the actors portraying those agents are different, completely different. Um, and of course, Smith isn't even an agent anymore. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. He just goes by Unplugged. Smith in this one. Yeah, he's like, I'm unplugged. Points to his ear because he doesn't have a little earpiece anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. And uh, even the whole thing with the Oracle, how... We find out something about her, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I never even thought about that." That that that, in you know, this person is not who we think they are, or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, there's all these themes of control and choice and all this stuff. But again, as was the first one, if you don't want to get into all that, you don't have to. You can just go, "Oh, you know, these guys are having a cool fight scene, machines versus humans." That's all I need to know. Yeah. So, but I do recommend it. Um, it is also on um, HBO Max right now, uh, so you can watch it there if you have HBO Max. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Carrie Ann looks really hot in her leather suit, <laughs> and she always looks hot on her little Ducatis that she's riding. <laughs> and it's always like the the scene where she's riding it, and then she like jumps off a building and throws it, like yeah. flips it, like. That's my favorite. Like, I love seeing <laughs> and the her whole do building that. building explodes. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to add. Yeah. Yeah, they make everybody look really, well, especially her and, and uh, Neo, they make them look really cool. Yeah, and even Morpheus. Morpheus, too. really cool yeah. fighting in this movie. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for The Matrix Reloaded. Yep. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at third row from the front. Let us know what movies you'd like us to watch or and or review. We, like I said before, we've gotten some suggestions. We just haven't gotten to them yet. We've been busy. We've been pretty busy, yeah. Uh, but we'll get to them. We will. Uh, but, yeah, be sure to um, check us out next time on Third Row from the Front. Bye. Bye.